Welcome to another episode of Because Money. If you're liking our real conversations about money, please do support us on Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash because money. Uh, you can donate as much or as little as you'd like to help keep this uh, podcast and season on video going. Uh, today we have a very real, very real conversation that is going to be very depressing about what happens <laughs> when your parents start to aid and need help with their money. Uh, we don't have any good answers, but oftentimes real conversations don't have good answers and it doesn't make them any less important or less real. Uh, so stay tuned. Super um, unfun. Super uncomfortable you know like i think we've talked about lots of uncomfortable things or like the kind of we kind of steered towards actually lots that's in the last half of the season this like idea of couple money exposed you know disability insurance and and then talking about like the inheritance side of like taking into account your parents money and then briefly talked about this idea of the other half of that which is like how do you deal with deal with aging parents but like how do you i was thinking about this after this afternoon and i remember kevin and i my brother and i were talking about this a little while ago and um he sent me an email and was like well like what would be i can't remember if it was the top three or the top five questions that we should want to know about our parents as they get older like what are the top what are the things that we should be thinking about like what are the points and I thought that might be an interesting place to start when you talk about aging parents and like from a child perspective, what are we actually talking about? Like what are, what are the kind of buckets? What are the kind of big things that big kind of topics of conversation that, that, that we're talking about? Yeah. Well, um, uh, there, <laughs> the first obvious thing that comes to mind. So of course, the place that I'm starting from is thinking about my own parents. Of course. Which, and their, their story isn't really all that all mine to tell. But like, the to me, the number one thing that I worry about is what is the crossover point? We did. We touched on this a bit in the inheritance episode. What is the crossover point where both they and I can agree, or me and my brother, or you know, whatever that arrangement is, that some control has to be given up? And how do we how do we, how do we know that we all agree and how do we have that conversation ahead of time? And then how do you, you can set that, but how do you know um, that yet, what is it, but how can you kind of set that ahead of time so that they, if it's, if it's a cognizant issue, if it's like a, I no longer can take care of myself, how can you have them stick to it. <laughs> I don't have a better way of asking that, but like, how do you make a plan that they'll actually commit to, I guess that's, maybe that's impossible, but yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard thing. Like where is that kind of pass through zone where some of these things like power of attorney and, and uh, you know, end of life care and all this kind of stuff where they start kicking over or giving up your house or, you know, putting yeah, long-term care, you know, like, when right, does that become important? Exactly. Best case scenario is it never becomes important. They yeah. live and live and live and they're happy, happy, happy. And then one day they die and that's it. Completely. Right. And worst case scenario is you have to take over. You have to involve the courts in some way to have them to take over as like, if, I mean, I guess best worst case scenario is you have power of attorney 
And then you need to involve the courts to make sure that you are declared the person that can actually act and they are declared incompetent to act for themselves. That's, that, I don't even want to contemplate that happening, but to me, that's the range. Like good, live happy and then die. Yeah. Bad, at some point we have to wrest control away from you. Oh. Yeah. I wonder what it would be like to actually just sit down and start with that as the conversation. Not, not that specifically, but to say like, what would happen? I'm just trying to worst case scenario this. In the worst case scenario, and maybe using examples, again, not necessarily my story to tell, but maybe using pertinent examples from yep. current experience for them. Of course. What, what if something like that happened in our family? How would you feel now when you're all kind of, you're together and how would you feel if you, if, if ultimately that's what had to happen and, and we had to take control away from you? I, I don't know. I, that's a, I'm not, I'm not articulating it very well, but the no. idea of talking about a really difficult thing, presume, I mean, assuming, I mean, my relationship with my parents is good. I, I would feel okay saying that and just saying like, I'm just, I just, that's the worst. What you're experiencing now with somebody in our family is really horrible. What if that happened to us? Like what, yeah. what would you expect me to do? A hundred percent. Where you are now. I, but that, I don't think that would fix it. Like if, if at some point they just, it got really bad, it would be because they're not who they are now, right? Their, their capacity or their personality might've changed so much. It's totally within reason to think that might happen. Yeah. I took us off, I, I mean, as I do, <laughs> took us off <laughs> from the topic, those, those no. points that you wanted to know. No, that's firmly within, firmly within the topic. Have, what, what about you, John? Like, have you had any of those conversations? Yeah, so, so I was going to say, like, I don't want to dump like a bucket of water on, but like, this is a hard conversation to start. And um, we were sort of experiencing something like that in my family ages ago with my mom's parents and Alzheimer's and dementia and issues of that nature and then a friend of a friend and then so we brought up the conversation and I was like talking to my dad like you know you control all the finances right now for um, the family and uh, what would happen if you started to sort of slip mentally how would we step in what would the process be is there like a list of all the accounts you have somewhere even to give us like a starting point should we maybe start preparing for this maybe prepare some um power of attorney or whatever and he was just like no like this is an important conversation to have in 10 or 20 more years like i'm 65 i'm nowhere near and i'm like well, like mom's dad was 65 70 when he started to become really um problematic and you know it, it doesn't hurt to talk early and he was just like not now i'm not open to this right now you know come back in a decade that's that's i had a similar kind of conversation like that with with my mom so a while ago um but kind of had broached the conversation there had been some some kind of situations that had kind of brought it up in our lives in the same way and um and the the kind of comment and i i so remember this was um, you know, I think this is something we should talk about, you know, just in case, you know, so that Kevin and I can make decisions if, if something happens and, and you can't. And she, she said, I don't know if you, if I, I don't know if you know what I want. Like a little bit, like taking it away to being like, I'm not sure if I, this is me projecting a little bit, but if I trust you to know, to make those decisions for me yet. And you're just like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah that that sucks but 
probably means that there's a lot to talk about, you know, and to be like, okay, we, I need to know eventually at some point I need to know what those things would be. And like, it's been a little bit different for my dad. Like there's been some things that he's made really, really clear, like some ways and like the idea of extenuating circumstances going and all that kind of thing within the hospital. Like I have a few kind of pegs and, and, there's there's some more of that has been done on that side and more kind of those conversations had but like it's it's tough when you're and we're all speaking from one perspective right you know we're speaking from the perspective of of kids with parents that are getting into that range where you start to think about you know they're getting into that 60 70 range and so you just start to think about that i'm having i'm doing that classic thing where you just don't say words like death because <laughs> you know canadian to a t <laughs> but um, but it's tough when those conversations just kind of stop outright to be like, okay. I mean, I guess. I don't want to push you on it. You know what? The most I've ever gotten, and again, I have not really, aside from asking them like kind of basic questions about, you know, who's the executor on your will? And I know they're in the middle of updating it right now. So it's not, again, they're not a closed book in that sense. But the idea of asking um yeah, what are your accounts? I mean, I know some of, I, I know some of those things. We haven't had an open discussion about it. The most, though, about like what my parents want. Um, my mom, at one point many years ago, and she's reiterated it since, have said, if I ever, if that ever happens to me, and what she means, I believe, is, um, her mom, uh, as she got older, she she developed Alzheimer's. Um, and then her personality changed quite a lot okay. and she became very difficult, like very, very difficult to please in ways that were not normal for her. Yeah. Um, and so my mom said, if that ever happens, I just want you to do what you need to do and just like deal with me with compassion, but deal with me as though I'm somebody that's not me. Okay. Um, the other, the other piece of information that she gave to me was that if she ever developed something really debilitating that made her, um, tired all the time that I was supposed to suffocate her with a pillow. I think that was a joke. <laughs> She's brought it up other times. <laughs> I'm assuming that's not going to be my role. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, legally, I think it might be now. I don't know exactly how. <laughs> I've done a lot of look into maid, but not that in particular. No, <clears throat> I'm not going there anymore. <laughs> But I, I mean, I do, I'm, again, so all of this, how useful is this to other people? My relationship with my parents is pretty good and pretty open. I'm sure yeah. they still look at me even now at 39, although my mother was very careful to tell me the other day when I said I was 39, that you're not actually 39 yet, Sandy, you're close. You shouldn't, I thought you were confused. I think you're actually 38. I don't think with that as well, I think they still look at me as somebody who like is maybe too dippy to take care of. Her. She doesn't even know how old she is. How could she <laughs> I'm sure I'm knowing the way that I look at my kids it's very difficult even I'm sure when when they'll be adults to not see the entirety of your relationship with them of course with them yeah. at the current age I, I'm sure that's gonna that's part of it the way that from their perspective right yeah no it's it's true but okay so like if we take one kind of step of removal back from kind of the financial what's the financial right answer as far as like things that boxes that you should help 
your parents check or that people as they get older should check. So we've kind of talked about the idea of wills and power of attorney and all these things. Like what, what are the, what are the classic things kind of the annoying statistic or kind of like easy answer checkbox stuff that, that we're talking about here. We're talking about wills. Well, definitely, definitely wills and power of attorney yeah. that it should be up to date. Right. And it should reflect their actual wishes and it should they, especially with wills, if you are named the executor because you happen to be the responsible child or whatever, you need to, whoever the named executor is, you need to know who they are and you need yep. to know that they're actually willing to act in that capacity. Yeah. So that's kind of boring, but true. Power of attorney, you need to have, I mean, those are things. So both of those things are actually documents that you need to know where they are. Like the will, usually you can keep filed with a lawyer. Yeah. Um, power of attorney, you actually have to have the documents. And in reality, you should probably, this is so stupid, but it's true, lots of banks, which is, and, and ultimately it's a small piece of the estate, but in terms of actually managing for your parents as a power of attorney, rather than as an executor, you need to be able to walk into the bank or log in online. That's not very usual yet, power of attorney to have login access, but you need to be able to walk into the bank and do transactions for them. Hmm. And, if, and often the bank requires its own power of attorney document. Or you have to submit the power of attorney document and have their legal team offsite review it. So if you don't know that ahead of time and you've never met their bank, or, you know, God forbid, you actually don't even know where their bank accounts are. So if something happens, if they're in the wow. hospital, you're the power of attorney, you have to, uh, number one, get the power of attorney document, wherever that happens to be. Number two, figure out where all their stuff is. Number three, actually convince the banks where their stuff is that you are the power of attorney and possibly if the bank requires a different form, then somehow getting your incapacitated parent who the whole reason that you have a power of attorney is because you wanted to avoid the situation where you're getting them to sign things in their hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. those are things that you kind of have to know ahead of time. And there's no guarantee. You could call the bank and say, hey, do you require a, your power of attorney document? Whoever you get on the phone might say, no, definitely not. Yeah. Bring in whatever. But Until that might not bring actually- it in and that it's not what they require. Exactly. Well, so-and-so told me, well, I'm sorry, he doesn't work here anymore. He's a district manager now. <laughs> bank joke. <laughs> Everybody loves a bank joke. Who doesn't? And okay. And this might be the power of attorney. Do, does, does all power of attorneys cover both the kind of financial legal side? And then there's also the health side, right? So like there, there's some distinction within that conversation as well about making health decisions for somebody and making kind of financial, I can control all the stuff that your signature can control kind of decisions. And so yeah. that's got to be something that you know as well, like what you have the ability to do and, and who's got the, the right power so that the decision making people are in the right places. Well, and money seems kind of less fraught in a way. Right. So like then, then that helps in some, in some ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we all have, we all have to deal with money decisions ourselves. And so to deal with them for somebody that's close to us yeah. while still fraught is like, yeah. Oh, well it's money. I know how that works. But like, I've never had cancer. I don't know. Like yeah. I've never had that level of pain or kind of debilitating disease. And so my reaction to it might be totally different. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody the other day who was telling a story about how he, he had lived with his great aunt for a certain number of years because they had kind of found a housing situation together and she, she fell and she had to go to the hospital and she wasn't doing very well. And the doctor came out and he said, um, he said, you know, did, did she ever talk about, 
going, did she want extraordinary measures to be taken in order to save her life? And he was like, I don't like, these aren't his parents. Like he was like, I don't know. I don't know. And he'd never been asked this question before. Basically you're saying, you know, should we let her die or should we not? And, you know, luckily in that situation, she ended up passing away in the next 15 minutes anyways. And it was, she was barely in the hospital and it was, I think it was probably the, everybody was very at peace with what went on, but it's, it's that exactly what you're talking about. That kind of like you're faced with the decision that you've never faced before or possibly never faced before. And if you don't necessarily have any information on what they might prefer um, and you're asked to make the decision or the person who is mandated to make the decision, it's like, I I can't imagine because I haven't had to be in that place, but that's, that's kind of the, really what we're talking about here. And, And some of these big, people don't always know that this connects to financial planning and financial plan. You know, it's not necessarily the part that, that gets a lot of tread because, you know, it's like the first thing everybody talks about things that are product based. Those are the things that get the most buzz buzz, and then we're trying to kind of steer things back to cash flow and daily things. But then there's also the long, long long-term stuff of, of, you know, assets at death and, and just those practicalities which work into every financial plan You know, every financial plan ends with, you know, wills and, you know, what do you want your estate to do and, and kind of thinking through that end of life care. And the other thing that, that I think is really worth mentioning too, as far as a conversation to have with your parents is this idea of, you know, whether they've thought about the cost of long-term care, like whether they've worked that into their projections um, or like, what is the expectation? I guess that's the best answer to have is because, you know, there's some families that there's a clear expectation that we took care of our parents and we expect you to take care of us when we get older. And that's fine if it's explicit, but if that's not stated versus somebody who's saying, you know, like I planned for my retirement and I've worked in long-term care things. So I, I think that I'm okay. This is my plan. This is what I'm aiming towards. I should be fine. Um, and maybe you'll have to step in to help if something happens and that, but like versus somebody being like, no, no, I, I don't know. Like I, I took care of my parents and I, I, I kind of always imagined the same thing happening, but it, it's not the norm now. So if you're not, well, I'm sure there's, if my parents sprung that on me, that would be unexpected. It's not yeah. like we couldn't work with that, but I'm not walking around thinking that at some point my parents are going to move into my home and I should make sure to have an apartment for them because that's the plan. So if that's the plan, I hope that they listen to this and tell me so that I can make <laughs> it's a reverse Aunt Beatrice. It really is. <laughs> it's a reverse it's, it's, Aunt Beatrice. It's them writing you a letter. Dear Chris, Chris. we'll be moving in with you in 15 years. And because we didn't plan. But the thing is, for us to plan. for us to do that, for us to write that to our parents or to our Aunt Beatrice because we didn't get disability insurance or whatever, is one thing because we're putting that on ourselves. To say that to our parents, like, you know you're basically telling me that I need to plan for you. Of course, none of us would do that. That's not, well, me, I don't know, maybe we would. I wouldn't do but, that. But I don't necessarily know if it needs to come from, from like a, um, uh, like the, <laughs> from a full Aunt Beatrice situation, which if anybody didn't listen to the disability insurance, it was about how we were talking about, you know, if you can't get disability, you can always just move in with an aunt. And then John showed me how I should write a letter to my aunt telling her that because I hadn't gone through the work of actually doing 
getting disability or even trying to get disability insurance, I was just going to move in with her. Um, which it, it's, this could be the plan. You know what I mean? Like for some people that are, you know, for whatever reason, it, there's sometimes a financial reason, but some people just would prefer this. And that's something I, I know that I was talking with, uh, with Julie about this a little bit. Like there's some cultures where this is very much the expectation and that's fine, but it's, it's, it's really about whether people know it's the expectation and whether everybody can plan with that in mind. Like if we're talking about better ways that we can talk and plan about life and financial stuff. It's just about having an inherent conversation here so that there's not a rogue expectation floating around. Right? Well, yeah, full stop. The better, the best approach to any of this is actually just to have an all out conversation that doesn't all, like, doesn't necessarily have to happen all in one go, but I, I'm not sure that everybody can get, can achieve that best. Right. That's, like there are a lot of conversations no. that you, it might not actually turn out that you'll get, that you'll glean any new information that's actionable and that you come out with a great relationship at the end. Well, I think we can just kind of go back to exactly where we all started in our own lives, kind of coming against places where it's like, it's not that there's bad relationships there, but that the, the, the conversations kind of hit a stop, you know? And so if conversation is the tool um, and that's not an option on the table, you know, it's, it, for whatever reason, from everything from we, you know, you never talk to your parents and never see them, but you think that there might be a, an expectation to take care of them to you have a great relationship, but this is something that just can't, can't be talked about for some reason. Um, so is it helpful maybe to break it down into a couple of different things? Cause there are a few things that don't really have any financial impact, even if your parents haven't planned for it on you, the child. And then of course there's a handful of things that really do that if your parents haven't planned for it and there's an expectation and you have an expectation yourself that you will fulfill that, then you need to plan for those things that has a, like, so on the one hand there's you know, power of attorney or whatever that, that has no immediate financial consequence for you. If your parents didn't plan for it, it has time and aggravation and worry and stress for you yep. or your parent, but it's not going to affect your bottom line unless you feel like you're going to, no, no, no. I think that in general, we can say that, you know, you can, yeah. you can nitty gritty stuff, but like, I think that can go over on the non-specifically financial, there's emotional costs and all that other stuff. But, and then, and then on this side, you have the fact like, are they planning for long-term things? And then in the middle, you probably have the will, which is like, it doesn't have specific impact on you when everybody's living, but it could directly impact assets that are passed on or that were meant to be passed on to you or that were lost in the netherworld because nobody really knew what they were meant to do. They just existed and nobody wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah. Unclaimed balances and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. So, I mean, everybody's relationship is so different, but to, I would, I, I think I would like to start. It's actually a really good reminder that although I talk about talking about things all the time and I do have a good relationship with my parents, these are things that I haven't talked about. So I wonder about going, Hey mom and dad, can we schedule some time to talk about, what what you would do or what you would want me to do if you couldn't live in your house anymore? I don't know. We have talked, actually, when we were doing renovations, emergency roof-related renovations to our house back in 2014, we did talk about there's a back room in our house that we could lift up a level and add an elevator to. We'd have to, but there is potential. It just so happens in the property that we bought without thinking about this, that we could bring our parents into this. 
not Seth's mom because she's in the States and wouldn't want to come up here, but, um, Hey mom and dad, do you want to move in with me? <laughs> seems bold. Seems, seems, like a, seems like a bold first move. Especially because really it would be like, you also want to babysit a lot. Well, so. <laughs> this would happen by pure just facility of, you know, everybody's in the same room watching them anyways. We're going to leave. We're going to go to Toronto. <laughs> to hang out with John and Chris. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can make it into a week-long thing now. Yes. Parents are there. I've my got mom. an extra room at my place, but I think my parents are moving in. So <laughs> <laughs> None of us. We're just moving residences. It's totally I, fine. I think that there's, when I think about my personal situation, the, the questions that I feel like might work well, I'd be more comfortable asking is, is really kind of from more of a, a curiosity perspective, less of a, we need to make a plan, mm. less of a, what is this and what do I need to, more like of a, you know, what, like, what do you think about this as far as like, maybe even, cause you're right about power of attorney being like, it's, it's almost more charged than money, which is saying something to be like, you know, if there are assets just to be like, you know, and maybe start with the, the, the less, this is more the inheritance side, but it all kind of connects, you know, it, it all kind of, it's part of the same conversation. So whatever kind of feels the least loaded until we come up with our apples to apples financial assets edition, which is going to solve all the problems. Um, do you know, I wonder if there is a way to consciously phrase the questions to take out as much of the question about yourself yeah. as, as possible. Like instead of, essentially what I'm asking is how, how frustrating or difficult is it going to be for me to make sure your bills are get paid if you can't, if, if you're still alive, yeah. but you can't pay them instead, make it into what, what would make you feel? Yeah. We were talking about this with Shannon's book when we were just before this, like what would make you feel safe and happy? Yeah. How would you like, what can I do to help you have more confidence in your ability to feel safe and happy, whether you are, yeah you know, in your own home or able to enact transact on your own bank accounts or any of those things. Maybe if we can just consciously come at it from that perspective, because, because I, I do find that that is my default is okay. What's the effect going to be on me? Which I mean, I guess we're all selfish creatures, but that I don't like that. No, so, I mean, one, one way to maybe come about it sideways is to talk about the change in technology because you can talk about things like oh well when there were issues with granny or with um, this other person's mother or whatever and she was no longer on top of paying her bills and there was a risk of getting her power cut off or you know whatever horrible anecdote you want to come up with to sort of break the ice you can say well we just waited for the bills to come in the mail and we went over to visit and pulled them out of the mailbox and then we just paid them until we could get power of attorney sorted out and all that um you have e-billing, so how are we going to work that out? Yeah. And then, no, it's true. It's different. You know, it, the world is different. You can't just, you know, the the you don't have the workaround of power of attorney of just opening someone's mail and uh, sending a check to the power company on their behalf. It's just you have to get a login. You have to figure some other way around the problem. So maybe that's sort of a sideways approach of. Of talking about but i mean these are difficult conversations and i mean i can say that firsthand there and, and and i don't i don't know how to really start it um i think that there is something in the fact that i think that there could be a good opening with just kind of talking about how they dealt with their parents like i i do think that that's like even if that's just come from from a curiosity point of view what what happened when your parents got older like what did you 
what did you do? And you could talk about differences or, or talk about, you know, the things that were really hard and whether there's a way to make them easier from your perspective and what did they have a hard time with and what did you have a hard time with? And like, how can we just from a really, instead of a, especially, you know, when you're coming at it from being like, you really need these things and like whether or not, cause parents have a different range of financial familiarity as well. So if they're all of a sudden getting attacked in the same way that people do when people come out and go, Oh, budget investments, rah. And they're like, the, no, you, you were listening to the because money podcast and you're all fired <laughs> up again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, down, because I got my guy at the bank. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> working it all out. I have a plan. You have a mutual fund. You don't have a plan. <laughs> I have a T4 class fund. <laughs> and 17 capital. savings accounts. Oh. <laughs> See, but, you know, coming from that, that perspective of not being like, here's all the things that I think you should do to be like, okay, what do you know already? What do you already know about taking care of aging parents? Because most of our parents had an interaction with that, whether their parents are still alive or, or whether they're gone now, like they had, an experience with that so how can you maybe in some situations kind of framing it as a learning about that experience and and trying to learn from their knowledge and then afterwards adding you know whether there's knowledge from the outside that you kind of picked up or, or something it might seem less you know I'm now taking charge of your life <laughs> you know what's really funny is that we're all coming at this I feel and I don't think intentionally but we're all coming at it kind of subconsciously as though, well, I already know way more than you. Do you know what I mean? What's the, isn't that a young person problem though all the time? Like, and and I think we think it goes away when we're no longer teenagers. And then like, you look back at your twenties and like, Oh, I was such an idiot. I thought I knew everything, but now I know, I know, I don't know everything, but I know more than everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Like not actually, but I think you're right. I think that yeah. I think that it's easy to enter that conversation being like, I'm hoping we get here. This yeah. is what you should do. And if I can just convince you to get here, however you need to, and you're like, no, no, no. That's basically, that's the bank manager, manager selling a mutual fund being like, I'm here to take care of you. I with wonder, this mutual fund. That's right, with this exact one. I wonder how different... This is going to be so touchy-feely. That same conversation would be if we went into it with the expectation of actually learning something from our parents instead of guiding them through something that we have an agenda for. I think that there's a lot to be said for that fact that they really, they have way more, we just said we've never gone through this before. And they have, or a lot of them have, successfully or not. I just, that was such a, jerky judgy thing to say <laughs> that, that, is, that is completely pay the problem to be like well you handle it really badly but i guess i can learn from you <laughs> i think you're totally right like and i think that's a that's a way better uh, and as a complete tangent i think it's probably a better way to enter every financial conversation with mm. almost everybody i think that that would be really good but in this case i think that that's that's a really good at least a really good thought do you know my biggest worry with my parents is not that they will become difficult because many of the things from our recent experience that or their recent experience what am I saying ours lots of the things that are very difficult about the situation that they find themselves in right now have to do with distance like five hours um 
and um, that's three minutes here in our like me to my parents is three minutes and that's not going to change I mean absent like a, a huge lottery win that would mean we could just fly here whatever um, so those difficulties I think are not I mean there's don't mean to like there's lots of other stuff that's difficult, whether there's a distance issue or not. My biggest worry with my parents actually just knowing their personality is that they will not, when the time comes, they will not want to be a burden in a way, right? So it's flipping that, like, how do I anticipate your needs and really take good care of you without you feeling like you're a burden, but without me constantly asking you, like, what do you need? What can I do for you? But I don't, to me, that's the biggest difference. Here's where I think it probably goes both ways. It's like, what do they need to know about you so that they don't feel like a burden? It's not about like, what can you do and all that stuff? It's like, why are they, you know, it, it's, it's, what is it about you that they need to believe to know that they can lean on you? And, and, and to also be able to say, we're able to support you this much without sacrificing our ability to support ourselves and our kids and, and being because if, if you're in a situation where you can support your parents and it's and it works great but there's a lot of people that probably are like I don't know if I can mm. and so it's about trying to maybe about trying to have that conversation and letting the communication flow both ways because that's such a big thing to be like look we could do this. I could help support you this way. Mm -hmm. And to continually talk about that as long as you can so that these things don't go unsaid to be like, but they have to believe you. And that's yeah. like a big trust thing, but that goes both ways. That has to go both ways, right? Which makes it even harder because you don't get to just be the caregiver. You have to be, you know, you have to be worth, I don't know. I think I said it better before, so I'm just going to good though. That was great. Yeah. Off, so, so essentially, number one, the first step in having a difficult, what we think is going to be a difficult conversation with our parents about them aging is to first be reflective and say, okay, based on what, based on today and what I think for tomorrow, I am willing to do this. Yeah. Renovate my back room and make it into a lovely apartment for you, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. And then from there, knowing what you could, I mean, life changes, but here's what I am willing to do for you, ready and willing to do for you. Then asking them what we can, what we can learn from them. What do you want? What do you know about this? And then starting to approach the, what will make you happy, continually underscoring this idea that I'm, I'm, I'm here and, and, and willing to do these things to make you happy. I hope it matches up with what you want. And if it doesn't, let's talk about do you know what I mean? So that, because yeah. in any financial conversation, if it's one person grilling the other person, it's probably not going to go very well or be very productive. But if it's one person and saying like, open the, here you are, this is all the stuff about me. Yeah. And please tell me all the stuff about you. I don't, and I'm, that's probably pretty rosy. I'm sure there are relationships where that would not work, but. I think it's closer to the real problem though. Like mm -hmm. in the fact that it's a two way problem and the fact that it's not just about taking care of your parents, but this idea that, there's a really fundamental role shift that's happening where for your entire life, they've taken care of you. And there's a, there's the cyclical thing where that you're saying I'm now, um, or at least we're talking about a, a world in which you're being taken care of by me. And there is no experience that either of you have with those roles being reversed. Well, that's not necessarily true. Maybe you've gone through experiences within your life, but you know, that's a very different parent child thing. And, and so 
think that that might be be closer to to what might be in some conversations a, a real part of the issue that the kind of letting go of control but not only letting go of control but letting go of somebody that you've been responsible for I yeah, would imagine I, that's incredibly difficult it's really easy to it's much easier and tidier to imagine it as okay we're flipping and now I'm taking care of you and I don't think that, and just like I mean any human experience is kind of messy and both and and neither nor but mm -hmm. I think I don't think ever your it, your relationship actually does a hundred percent change, unless I mean again, unless their personality is gone. Yeah. Sorry, we're John. also talking a lot about having this conversation before that flip happens, so it it can be a little bit like continue to take care of me by making it easy for me to take care of you later when you need it, because mm -hmm. if you take care of me today, it'll be a lot easier for me to do that. So then you're going to be taking care of me in the future still by making this a lot easier and smoother on me. And, yeah. and I don't know, I, I'm starting to think that that might be a tack to take in my own life to try to yeah. sort of get these checklist items of like, I feel prepared for eventualities that will hopefully never happen, but might. Yeah. Um, but it, it becomes a little bit of a, like a, you can talk about conversation debt or avoidance is expensive in this kind of situation where the, like, the longer you lay this off, the, just the higher stakes there are in the conversation. Whether or not you can wait 10 or 15 years and everybody's fine and it's fine, like even in the best case scenario, what are you losing from whether or not you sign the power of attorney documents now? So like whether or not that's what happens now, but having the conversation about, you know, what they might want or what their experiences have been or kind of what definitely is out. I hate this or this seems like a nightmare to me or this is my greatest fear about getting growing older. Like to to kind of start figuring out some of that, like it, we've talked about it a ton in, in this specific season is that idea of like that comfortability and the conversation kind of comfortability to have, it, building it up as soon as possible, like waiting for the, the chance that you have to have that conversation in a really, really stressful kind of situation. It, it's, that's just a risk. And it's worth acknowledging that risk for everybody to be like, look, if this is what you want to do, that's fine. But like, just imagine what that is. We, we increase the risk the more that we put off the discomfort of dealing with that. And there's direct parallels towards so many financial situations there. It's just debt. It's the same thing. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, my debt repayment plan for this, I think one of the best ways that I can, other than actually just having the conversation, which again, I don't think is going to be too difficult, but the biggest problem of them not, not wanting to feel like a burden, I think I need to find ways, small or big, to, to, to be there for them in small ways. Like, so for example, it's winter, mm. they shovel way off, way more often than we do. We have a neighbor that likes to snow blow for us. But like, if I could get, if we as a family could get over there and do that kind of stuff with them or fall maintenance or, and just before they ask, they don't often ask before they ask, say, Hey, is there That's something crazy. I can do to help you? Maybe yeah. that would be because they think I'm really, I mean, it's true. I'm really, really busy all the time, but they think I'm sometimes I think they think I'm too busy for this kind of stuff, they don't want to bug me with it. And that will just be exacerbated over time. So that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to pay down that conversation debt ahead no, of time. That's a, really, that's a really cool thing. I also like, I, I like this. What am I going to do? I think that I kind of feel a little bit bad kind of relating that story about my mom and, and being like, I feel like that was a really great opening to have a further conversation. And um, just about, about what, you know, if I don't know, what would? And I think some of the things that we just talked about now about, and she actually just read this book. I told you guys about this, uh, one of the times we were hanging out called They Left Us Everything. Yes, I, I have it on my wish list. Yeah, I, yes. I don't know if it actually made the episode last time, but this is, and I, I wish I would have read it beforehand, but it's about this, 
this the story of three siblings who um, their parents pass away and they leave them everything. And it talks about how we always talk about the assets, but we don't talk about all the little things. Their house is just full. Like they, you have their socks and their, you know, long underwear and their little tchotchkes. And you, they left us in the, the, the process that they went through. So she's been thinking about this, this idea with, with her parents who are, who are getting older. And so I think that there's lots of things and we, we have been having some of those conversations, but I think there's a way to just kind of specifically, um, have a have a conversation like that which is not let's solve everything but just kind of takes it picks up where we left off quite a while ago years ago actually and kind of learns a little bit more about that so i didn't like it when you said they're socks <laughs> right i don't think they take them with you it's not a no, that was just so like i said visceral reaction to that like no i want to sort through my mom's sock drawer <laughs> but it's, it is a kind of like a different way of of thinking about oh, it feels so real like that's so much more real sometimes than like the family cottage you know it's it's so much more real than just thinking about their bank accounts the stuff that you don't see it's the stuff that that they do you know <laughs> All right. Well, this marks the first Because Money episode where Sandy bawled like a baby. Really? First one? Haven't, haven't I cried before? No, I don't think I've cried before. John, I haven't cried before. It feels like the right episode. I'll tell you that. It feels like the right episode. <laughs> Man, happy new year. Woo. Happy new year indeed. John, any, uh, <laughs> any talking to family resolutions for, for you? I mean, for me, I'm going to sort of take the invert approach. Um, which is to try to imagine the worst possible way to bring this up and the worst possible way this conversation can go. And, you know, you know, reflecting on what we were talking about, like it's to come in with the sort of checklist and an attitude of here's what I need from you, give it to me so that I'm, and that's kind of how it went before, which is why it didn't go so well. And to think about how to then invert that. So, you know, like you were saying, rather than come in and say, okay, dad, here's the thing, we need to be ready for this. It's like, well, you know, open the kimono. Here's um, what I'm doing in case something happens to me so that, you know, the girls can get along. Or, um, you know, what would you want me to have? And what would you like to see in terms of preparation for the future and um, eventualities? And, um, you know, maybe even start with something real like socks or or something rather than like you know what do we do with the investment accounts and uh, what should i do with your socks dad yeah uh, it, might, it might be an easier way to get into that conversation or for one of you <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not particularly emotionally attached to my socks <laughs> all right that's all we've got for you today if you liked what you heard head over to itunes and give us a really good rating that really helps people find us that would be awesome and if you loved what you heard why not check out our patreon page patreon.com slash because money and lend us a little support so we can keep doing what we're doing i am chris entz and you can find me over at rags to reasonable.com I'd like to thank my partners in crime, Sandy Martin, who you can find at Spring Financial Planning, springplans.ca, 
and John Robertson, who can find value at Simple or his blog, Blessed by the Potato, which is holypotato.net. Thank you.